high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, the Oilers are in Nassau, Brooklyn, Long Island. Wait a minute. They're in Belmont Park in Elmont, which technically is on Long Island, New York. The Islanders are going to play there, and so are the Oilers. It's two hours from where Bruce Springsteen grew up and one hour from where Frank Sinatra was born. That gives you a, a an idea about where it is. How will the Oilers play? Tune in tonight. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440. We're on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. Best of the season to you. We hope everything's great. Everyone who's driving in for Turkey and for the holidays has a safe trip. I hope that your liquor cabinet is full, that the people cooking the turkey know what they're doing, and that you have good spirit and get everything you want, even the Lego version of everything you want, on Christmas morning. Our guest today, Daniel Nugent-Bowman at The Athletic, Arthur Staple at The Athletic. My Christmas dream coming true with great guests. want to thank Declan for that. So we don't have a feature for you on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. However, on Friday, we've got Funk Friday, and then we've got Declinations, and on Monday, we've got Mon- uh, uh, Mama Mia, Mama MMA, right? That is, that is correct? correct. Okay. So I'm going to put it out on the floor today, one 1440 What additional piece do we want to add for Declan on Wednesday? Because he's got he's got the corners Monday and Friday, but he needs to eat into my time on Wednesday in the middle of the week. We'll start on Wednesday. What Wednesday thing could we have Declan do? And I don't I, it can't be stupid pet tricks. It can't be can't juggle. So no way. Walk like an Egyptian. It's got to be something radio worthy, and it can't be like a. Tri- I thought maybe we could do a trivia contest where you had to guess. Like we could call it dead or Canadian, I and like then that. I'd say Lauren Green, and you'd say both, and then we'd know. But I'm not sure where we're going. But I'd like to add a Wednesday Declan thing. What Merry Christmas to me! Oh, I love the sounds of this. Yeah, well, like a Wednesday I mean, basketball report could be great. Sure, whatever I, I, it is, I leave. I it would up to prefer the it line. have a sports angle, but of even course. if it was just memories of Mrs. Andrews, whatever yeah. people want, we want to give it to them, right? Declan's awesome pop culture facts of the day. That could be fun. It's long, though. you got to shorten that out. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on the name. Yeah. You're the name guy. We both know ah, that. A little bit. There you go. Okay. The lines have changed. I don't like that the lines have changed, and I'm going to tell you why. In the last 14 games, Connor McDavid centering Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman at 5-on-5 five five. in the last 14 games, 13 goals, 4 and 5 against. You're basically looking at one goal per game, 4, and one goal against, 0.33 goals against, Every game. It is a huge advantage to have that line on the ice. Holy, holy smokes, kids. That's what you dream of. And they had to tear it apart. Why? Because management made a bet on Connor Brown. Not to pick on Connor Brown. He's not ready. He's doing his best. In the old days, they would have sent him down. And he would work down there and play 20 minutes a night. That's not the way the world works now. So now the coaching staff 
has to figure out what to do with that drag, and they put him on the third line. Here are the lines. This is based on what's happening in New York today. McDavid between Kane and Hyman. Kane's a wonderful player. When he's 100%, he's not 100%. Nuge has moved to the Dreisaitl Fogel line, as Warren Fogel will play right wing. There's, there's some chem there. I understand what they're doing. I just don't like what they're doing. And the third line will be McLeod between Yanmark and Connor Brown. Fourth line, as of right now, is uh, Gagne, Hamblin, Derek Ryan. We weren't sure about Ryan. He was practicing on the fourth line. The extra would be Ernie. Uh, the defense stays the same. Ekholm Bouchard, Nurse uh, Cece, and Kulak Deharnay, Leeson the extra, Skinner starting net, and Picard the backup. So the 13-5 goals in 14 games at 5-on-5 five five makes you really upset you have to make that move, but I understand what the coaching staff did. That's a management fail. Now, there's a challenge right now. I want to I wanna, uh, say this properly. Because I want to, I'm trying to make a point, and it's a point I often don't make correctly, and I want to make it really strongly. So here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready, Declan? Have you, are you strapped in? I am seatbelts on, prepped and ready to go. All right. In the games since Chris Knobloch, Paul Coffey, and Mark Stewart took over, the Oilers showed great structure, and not just on defense, but the forwards coming back. The forwards are making a difference. The forwards are, are tying up sticks. They're on the right side of the puck. They're between the puck, and the, when the pass comes out, they are there. They don't make every play. Execution is not, you know, 100%, but it is the effort is there, and they're not on the outside looking in. They're on the inside making a difference. It's important stuff, and the defense is doing it too, except in the Florida game and a little bit in the Tampa Bay game, too, let's be honest. So the greatest difficulty in the world, and you know this if you're a parent, because when kids apply themselves, every report card I ever had would be low tide is smart, and in terms of his testing, he is very good. He's one of the smartest kids in the class, but he doesn't, what, say it with me, apply himself. Oh, God, I hated that word, apply. Mm. Yeah, you have to apply yourself. It's hard to do. Hard to have the discipline to do that. The Edmonton Oilers had it for the first many games, and now they've lost it. And the key for the coaching staff, because after a while, people don't listen. It's like when Declan and I first got together, he listened to me really closely. Now he doesn't even hear a word I say. It. You can tell because he didn't chime in after I just what said that. What was that? Yeah. yeah. That's my point. It just, it's, it's like relationships. Where you're, you're with somebody for a long, long time. And after a while, you do hear them. You just don't react in the way you would if you heard it for the first time. We're out of ketchup. When you're new in a relationship, that's a big deal. After 25 years, it's like, yeah, so what? Go store, get it. What do you want, a slave? It's just, it's just a different world you live in. And that's what can happen. You don't want it to happen after 15 games. I think they'll try to ride the ship. And if they can... The Edmonton Oilers can win the Stanley Cup this year. And I say that in all sincerity. Because the games you saw when when Knobloch first arrived and they finally got the defensive structure down, how many games is that? I don't remember. They were rock solid. They lost it on the weekend against those damnable Florida teams. But they're playing Eastern Conference teams now on the road. And that is a different you know, animal. They've got to figure out how to make a difference. 
And the Oilers were not strong at the beginning of the game. Recently, they've been strong at the beginning of the game. If they can fix that, if they can play well on the road, these three road games before Christmas, boy, you'd like to win two of them. You can't lose all three of them. And one, one, and one would be acceptable, I think. Somebody wrote that on my blog today, and I think that's acceptable. The, the Islanders have injury issues. So do the Oilers, but the Islanders on defense have in, uh, I think Palak may not play tonight. We'll find out from our guest, Arthur Staple, coming up. NHL roster freeze is midnight tonight. I do not anticipate the Oilers doing anything, and there's a chance no team does anything. What do you think? You think we're going to have a busy day today? Me and you? No, the NHL teams. Right. Uh, well, yeah, with the freeze com. I mean, yeah, probably. You would expect an uptick, right? Yeah, I think you have to go in. Because how long does it last for? It's nine days. I think it's until yeah, it's December till 28th. The, yeah, it's till 12.01 a.m. on December 28th, I believe something is what like it is. That. So, it's a long time. Yeah, so no, it'll, it'll pick up a little bit today. But I, I, I wouldn't predict as much movement as one might think. I'll say that. Yeah, I, uh, Andre Kuzmenko is scratched in Vancouver. And I wondered about him because he's got like a big contract, five and a half times two. The problem is that Jack Campbell has played poorly in Bakersfield now. And I think that most people believe that contract is untradeable. It's buyoutable, but it's untradeable. And by the way, the buyout is noxious. They all are. And it's a fail. In the last 12 months, well, since the deadline... Ken Holland acquired Matthias Ekholm. Absolute home run. Absolute home run. And he signed Connor Brown. Not a home run. But over overarching all of the good things he's done, and he's done good things. Zach Hyman signing was terrific. Overarching all of that. You know, this team has won three playoff series. That's rare. It's blue rare. I think four... Four playoff series have been won since 2006. So there you go. The Jack Campbell signing has just absolutely, it's not even, like, it's not even a net zero. It's a net negative by quite a bit. And it's unloadable. You could trade Warren Fogel. You could trade Cody Ceci. You could trade Brett Kulak. um, You'd have to trade, for Jack Campbell... I think there's three years after this. You'd have to trade three first-round picks. And then, I don't know what else to get him off the roster. And it's too bad. I mean, and at this point, you've got to play Olivier Rodrigue a little bit in the AHL. Because, you know, time's a waste. And he's a good prospect. You know, I'm not one of those people who harangues and hammers people. By the way, the owners got hammered when they didn't sign Kosminko, but let's not talk about that. Because I understand mistakes are made. There's a there's a zero tolerance online for any mistakes a GM makes. However, when you sign somebody to five times five, you've got to be right. You just have to. You know, you can luck into things. We We hired Declan, you know, barely knowing him and reading his resume and, like, in shock that he thought this was a resume. But look how he turned out. You get lucky sometimes. You just do. You guys got a chance to look at my resume? 
We did. You must have posted it because I don't think I ever sent one in. No, no, we who got gave, it. Somebody sent it to us. It was, right. it was at first they they sent your sister's resume, and we knew that wasn't wasn't you. Oh my goodness! And then they sent an actual resume of where you've been, and we were like, wow. <laughs> you saw that one, and you're like, yeah, we'll wow. never get her. But does she have any siblings who are kind of like her at all? And then, no. And then then we got your actual one, and we yeah. were like. How can these people be from the same family? That's what we thought. Well, that's, you know? Most people do say that. <laughs> You're too hard on yourself. You're brilliant. Okay. Eagles, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Here's why. It's important people understand this. Eagles could have won that game last night. The play selection was terrible. They have to make reasonable calls. They have to understand the game. They have to manage the game. That's what Hoodie did for 300 years before he lost a quarterback. You're up 17-13, you have the ball, and you go long, and it's intercepted. Why are you doing that? All They have one timeout left. Just run the clock, run the ball up the gut, run the ball up the gut, try to get a first down on third down with a throw if, if you want to. There's no reason on earth you had to take that chance. You've given them the ball with more time on the clock that you want, and then they go down and they score. That's on you. The Eagles, they pulled defeat. From the jaws of victory last night. Tell me I'm wrong, Declan. Yeah, I would say you're right, but I don't, like, the jaws I think is a little harsh. I think it was just one of the situations where... They didn't have to make that throw. What are you doing? Are you trying to win by more than three or four? Try to win. You're ahead. No, you're right, but snatching it from the jaws of defeat to me implies that one team was better all game and they ended up losing. I didn't feel that way about them. You're telling me what I said implies? Sorry. Well, I'll walk it back. Oh but I'm te- I wouldn't say I'm but. telling you what it implies. I'm, oh. I'm telling you how so I So what we'll do is it. I'll say stuff, and then you can tell people what I really mean. Is That's that a Wednesday saying? segment for you. I- <laughs> uh, you see, you won't get into arguments with me anymore. I try, and you won't do it. You just, you're, just, you're just stubborn is all you are. No, we can argue. I don't know about what, but we'll find some. Bryson, Johansson, and Shea are clearing waivers. Everyone cleared. No one was added to waivers today, and that's the last time you could do it before the roster freeze. So everybody on the Oilers roster now will, and this is not a surprise, will go right through Christmas. People are mad that the Calgary Flames won last night. You know, they're trying to. Low tide with a low blow. What? I never me. Never me. As a fellow Eagles fan, I agree. Play calling was terrible. Not only the play you mentioned, but at the end of the game, when they could have gone for a field goal and overtime, frustrating. Because I believe the team is better than their performance this season. It's on the coaches. Well, they could lose first place, and that if they do, that is a major, major faux pas. Listening to Boston Media yesterday, amazing to hear they want to trade Olmark, but they can't because he wins and their goaltending is the reason why they win games. Be nice to hear that once in a while in Edmonton. You've got a good goalie in Edmonton. His name is Stuart Skinner. You need another goalie. Jack Campbell wasn't it. I do not think, with respect, Calvin Pickard is it. The best possible trade is likely at the deadline. You survive. If you survive till the deadline, you probably get your good option, your best option around that time. And you have the first round pick available. That's the way to do it. That's the play here. That winning streak allowed them this opportunity. 
Arthur Staple on the way, NHL rumors latest this hour, and Daniel Nugent Bowman at 120 today. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's Twang Tuesday on Sports 1440 with a great Jim Reeves. Oh, that's it, it's a perfect song today. I don't know about your drive-in, Declan, but we had snow on my drive-in today. And, uh, well, you know, you back off the speed a little bit, as Edmontonians are so good at doing, driving to the limit. So good. Love it. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We are now joined by Arthur Staple from The Athletic, talking about the Islanders, who are off a winning streak. They, they've lost, and they're trying to get back on the beam tonight, as they the Oilers, although they lost two in a row. Should be a good game. How many regular Islanders defensemen will miss tonight's game? Do we know, Arthur? Uh, we do. It's going to be three and pretty familiar names. Ryan Pollock, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, all out in various stages of injured reserve and long-term injured reserve. So uh, they've been winning without them, which is a bit of a surprise, kind of a, a bit of a mass unit thrown together back there. But uh, But yeah, they've been able to persevere and Beat some pretty good teams without those three who have been here and been a, been a part of the core for a long time. I, I noticed that the the at five on five, some of the, the the regulars, the the usual suspects, are putting together pretty good seasons. Has that been a key? That the maybe more consistent offense. Yeah, I mean, I think the offense has been has been most helped by having a competent power play, which they haven't had for a couple of years now, and I think the addition of Bo Horvat as one of the trigger men there and Matthew Barzell uh, looking to shoot a little bit more, kind of not being much a full on playmaker and Noah Dobson, who's I think a guy that hasn't been talked about a whole lot. Who's having a fantastic season, uh, not just on the power play, but, but overall as a guy who is one of the, is the only guy left in the top four who's healthy and uh, up to playing, you know, 25 minutes a night and, and really still improving as a young guy. So, uh, you know, the offense, I think in general, um, Five on five, they've certainly shown the capacity to score, which is something that's bedeviled them for a couple of years, even going back to when they were successful under Barry Trotz. But uh, but really, the focus for them is uh, they got to score one more. They got to score the last one because it's really been a difficult grind for them to to close out games when they've been able to score three or four, or even five sometimes. Going back to the 2018 draft, the the Oilers were looking at number ten. Uh, choosing between Evan Bouchard, Oliver Wallstrom, and Noah Dobson. Oilers chose Bouchard. Islanders chose Dobson at 12 and in between got Wallstrom. And the two defensemen uh, are are either emerging or are there as NHL players of some impact. But with, with Wallstrom, it seems like the bloom is off the rose a little bit. Played in this is five different NHL seasons, at least a little since his draft day. Is he... Is he struggling? Is he improving? Or are they just kind of wondering what they have there? You know, I think it's uh, – he's struggling for sure. And I think the the issue for him is that when they needed offense in the past, they could look to him, whether they'd put him on the top power play unit to try to get that going. He's, he's still – you know, he's, he's had an NHL-level shot for a long time, even going back to that draft year. But uh, but I think it's the it's the awareness and it's the – without the puck play that's really that's really kept him from being a regular and now as you pointed out the offense is pretty good so they don't really need to turn to him um and it's more defensively as a as a five-man unit on the ice that they need to be better and smarter and i don't think that's an area where he's progressed enough to 
could be a regular if they were still scoring one or two goals a game and, and fumbling around with a 12% power play. I think you'd probably see more of him, but, uh, but he hasn't been able to, to become a regular. And, and, you know, I think going back to a, a few years ago when he hurt his, when he hurt his knee and, and missed most of the season last year, I think he was on a little bit of a roll before that and, and really lost his way a bit and wasn't quite prepared coming out of training camp to, to be to be a, a regular player this year so uh you know i don't think it's all hope is lost for him at age 23 22 23 but uh but he's definitely not on the, the track they thought he'd be on arthur staple our guest from the athletic on sports 1440 in the low down with low tide i really liked your john Tavares piece that it was great the Islander fans don't forgive and we we know that and and but i also love the 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 other part of that piece which is talking about how well the Islanders have played in the years that followed uh, that, that, you know, jumping from the Islanders to the, the, to the Maple Leafs, that was some great management and coaching by the Islanders. And I think maybe we just gloss over that point sometimes where uh, I remember Lamarillo saying, I think, I can't remember what draft year it was, but saying at the draft they were trying to trade him. And I thought, man, this is going to be tough. And yet that's where they, they went and they have had success and maybe we just expected it, but I still think it was a hell of a job by management and coaching there. Yeah, it really became, you know, it became kind of a rallying cry. You know, it was Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz, I think, was on the job maybe for about 10 days before Tavares made his decision. Uh, Lou was there for about six weeks, so it was difficult to, to try to persuade Tavares that, that things were on the right track. And I think when he left, uh, a lot of his teammates, guys who he's, was and still good friends with were a bit stunned and and i think they used it as as a kind of a rallying cry to you know one one more indignity in the last 30 years of indignities being an islander fan and being part of the franchise that's had multiple owners con men trying to buy the team not much success uh and whatever success they had had was a lot due to Tavares. so i think when he made that decision uh, it was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit more of a gut punch for people inside and outside the organization down here. So, the way that they were able to use it, kind of remake themselves as a team that was uh, difficult to impossible to play against, the team you couldn't wrest the lead away from. Barry Trotz, you know, one of the master motivators as a coach uh, at that time, and and you know, certainly before that time, um, it just was uh, things kind of came together, and it. And it it can feel a little bit um, maybe like overkill to Leafs fans when they see the fans at UBS Arena still booing Tavares, saying, you've had the success, you've moved on, we've moved on, why can't you just stop? And I think it's become a little bit of a, almost like a good luck tradition now that mm. some fans still still find that, that reservoir of discontent that they felt back on July 1st of, of uh, 2018 when he decided to leave. And, and you know, I, I don't know that it'll continue on forever and ever i think uh i am hopeful that uh, if the islanders reach out uh when tavares is done playing and he wants to come back down here that'll be welcomed back properly but i think the welcoming committee now is uh is tending towards booing we're just gonna have to everyone in the hockey world is gonna have to live with it well and and you know it is a compliment in a way i mean pot van sucks i don't know if it still exists at madison square garden <laughs> but that went on for decades Still going on, and I, oh. I, I did write that, too. I think it's, you know, the Islanders have some chance that they like, but there's nothing to really, you know, you, you got to have a little a little hate in your heart to be a, a, a fan of, a, of any team. And, uh, you know, the, the Leafs, I think, have a little bit of 
uh, that the, the 2002 playoff series uh, in the first round, the seven game series that was as wild as any playoff series in the last, you know, in the 21st century, still still resonates with a lot of Islander fans. They don't really have a lot, you know, before, before 2019, they didn't really have a lot of playoff history in the last 20 years to look back on. So there's a little bit of that, and I think you know the feeling that Toronto is the center of the hockey media universe of the hockey universe without really it being completely earned with tons of success. So I think that drives a lot of fan bases of other teams crazy. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I don't think it's done with incredible malice at this point. There certainly was vitriol the first time he came back and everyone kind of got out of their system. And I think now there's a feeling of, you know, it, 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 like you said, it's. I think it's a little bit of respect too. Mm-hmm. He was such an important player for nine years here. He was the guy that brought them out, helped bring them out of the darkness, did a lot of the leading, won them the playoff series in 2016. And um, so I think the the anger comes back up, but I think it's also a grudging respect. And um, like I said, I you know I feel like in the coming years, when his time with the Leafs is done, or maybe his playing time is done, there'll be there'll be uh, a reconciliation that uh, will make everybody happy. When you described uh, Toronto as uh, more attention than maybe their record or their success deserves, you've described all of Canada except Toronto. I want you to know that. <laughs> um, well, I'm not, I'm not indicting anyone else. No, that's right. Okay. Uh, the other one, there's two more that I have for you. One is um, you, you, your mailbag was interesting to me because it was about the Rangers and Islanders and, and mostly Rangers, but there was a, somebody who asked you about, you know, hey, can you do a Rangers-Islanders trade? And you came up with a really good one. I think Matthew Robertson would be a good acquisition for the Islanders. But I was trying to remember, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I remember the Ron Stewart trade, which would have been right around the expansion draft. And then they don't trade much, do they, these two teams? No, hardly ever. And, I, you know, I can you get it, the optics. I, I think it's kind of, you know, if Edmonton and Calgary were really talking about a major trade that was going to help both teams or if one team is a little bit down and one team is on the rise, uh, you don't want to be the GM that's responsible for helping out. Not just a big rival because the Rangers and Islanders are obviously geographical rivals. They haven't played in the playoffs in in 30 years, which is a real shame. Um, But I just feel like the the, the blowback you'd get from just being in the area and helping a rival team become more successful is is always going to be in the back of anybody's mind as a general manager and, Whatever teams say now, where they'll they're willing to trade in the division, especially if you're you know you need to sell and you're headed towards the lottery, uh, that's a different scenario. Both teams, you know, these are teams that have been sitting one two in the in the metro for the last few days, and uh, if the Islanders had held on to a couple more leads, they'd be vying for first place together. And, and so I think with both teams going so well, it's hard to envision a, a real hockey trade. So I came up with a very boring you know prospect that maybe run their course in the organization type trade, but. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it would be great, and, and you think about even um, just the last trade between the local teams when when Lou Lamarillo got Kyle Palmieri and Travis Dajak uh, a couple of years ago at the deadline from the Devils and went on to get within a game of the Stanley Cup Finals. I can't imagine that uh, that even Devils fans, there's fewer of them around probably than Ranger and Islander fans. They don't want to think about that. They don't want to see Kyle Palmieri scoring goals in an Islander uniform. So uh, it, there's always that hesitation. I think that keeps it from happening in a big way. So, final question for you, uh, Connor McDavid, heading to uh, the New York, New Jersey area for the next three games. I know the the games are televised. Uh, Oiler fans often wonder why uh, national games in the states featuring Connor McDavid start at eight o'clock. Uh, um, you know, 
late game starting at Eastern uh, time at 8 o'clock or local time at 8 o'clock and starting at 10 Eastern time. Um, how much of a buzz is there about Connor McDavid visiting New York, New Jersey this week? You know, I think there's always there's always interest, especially when it's someone who plays who doesn't you know doesn't get to come down here but once a year, and it's nice that that it's all three teams kind of in a row, and it can line up where ESPN is showing all three games. And um, you know, you think about some of the great Sidney Crosby plays here a lot. I, I think a lot of Islander fans would just as soon never see him again since he's torched them for so many years. But I think McDavid's kind of a different animal just because it's, uh, you know, it, it seems a little new and, and exotic when he's here. And um, there's been some good games. I think the Islanders tend to get up for those kind of games, especially in past years where they want to be able to shut him down. You know, uh, it's too bad that his old Erie teammate Adam Pellick won't be out there. Cause that would obviously be the matchup. But um you know, but I think when it comes to the Rangers and just recent history, when the Oilers came back from three three nothing down in the third period to beat them uh, in regulation last season, was one of the one of the few games in the last couple of years of the Rangers where they really, uh, you know, kind of fell apart in it late in the game, especially against a guy like that at the Garden. You know, a daytime game, it was uh, it was a lot of attention to it. So I think there's they're probably feeling like we'd like to see them again and, and kind of right that ship, especially with. Chris Knobloch now behind the bench, the, who was a candidate the last two times the Rangers had a coach a coaching vacancy and obviously coached their minor league team for the last five years. So there's a lot of ties there. And, and I think for the Islanders, just the way that they've been losing leads, defending late in games, this is a huge challenge with the way their D is lined up. I think Noah Dobson's probably going to see McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, for about uh, – Hey, you know, if they split those guys up, I think Dobson could play 40 minutes of this yeah. game tonight if they need him to. So uh, it'll be interesting to see without kind of their core, you know, three of their core four on D, how they can handle McDavid and, and really just the way that the honors have been defending at all in general, even when they were closer to full health has been been a bit of a problem. So uh, they may not be completely looking forward to McDavid, but some other fans around the league might be looking forward to this one to see what he can do. Thanks so much, Arthur Staple. Appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. All right. Arthur Staple from The Athletic. You are now up to date on the New York Honors. Don't ask me why I remember Ron Stewart. I just remember the trade. Ron Stewart played for 300 years in the National Hockey League. And I think he played with, I know he played with Toronto. I know he played with the Rangers. I know he played for Boston. And I think he played for Vancouver and the Islanders and... He is a good two-way guy. He was on Stanley Cup teams in Toronto. I remember that. I don't remember it, but I know that. McCurdy, who will be with us tomorrow, he remembers it. But that was a, I really enjoyed talking to Arthur Stable. Good get by you. Connor Halley had nothing to do with that. Good job. <laughs> Why, Connor Halley catching strays. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, don't want to get into that right now, but, you know, good point. Daniel Nugent Bowman coming up at 120. And... There's some interesting things happening in the National Hockey League. Hockey rumors on the way. And we're going to talk a little bit about Colorado and their situation. That's next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown. Twang Tuesday version. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We say hi to Doug and to Mary. That's a good song. Carrie Underwood, very talented. She married a hockey player. Do you know his name? Mike Fisher. Hello. 
Hello. Yeah, not a big deal. And you know what? They've been married for like, I don't know, a dozen years, two kids. Not a lot of controversy. Did they meet when he was on The Predators? They must have. Oh, I know. I think he was in Ottawa. Was he? Okay. I think they. I think he met her at a concert, and I remember seeing her at Ottawa games, although I might be getting... I don't know. There's a mm. lot of Mike Comrie. I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, good for him, though. I should have been in the NHL. Well, it was only because of your love of swimming. We know that. Nothing else limited you except Mrs. Andrews. I live by Drumheller. would love to listen to you guys, your signal. Well, can we not? Can they not hear us online? Can they not hear us online? They sir? absolutely can't. Well, we got a drum heller fella who can hear us, well, and he can listen online. I'm telling you, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, and right online at sports1440.ca. Plenty of options. He met her a day after the Edmonton concert. Giddy up. There you go. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. They they were married in 2009, and his first season with the Preds was 2010-11. There you go. I remember a radio station in Ottawa, Bandra Music. What a I'm I I've worked in radio my whole life. I know why they did it. That in the in a fit of peak and the fans were mad. But that as time goes on, that overreaction much? Come on. You know, like there are people whose music should be banned for what they've done. That marrying a hockey player is not one of them. Oh, sure. Probably, you know, there's gonna be Mud on the rug or whatever because she married a hockey player, but good grief. That's not a crime. Howdy, low tide. Last night I watched the Leafs versus Rangers game from the 60s. Game six with the Rangers ahead in the series. It was great. Bond must have played 30 minutes. Had a fight with Sather. I never realized Bond was used so much from Shovelhead. He was. He was drafted um, by the Oakland Seals in the 67 draft, which is my obsession and they got a ton for him when they traded him. It's time for Rumors, brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. The next public-timed auction, automotive RV auction, is right Oh, it's on right now. View on-site, bid online, info, maauctions.com. It's on right now. Okay, I promised to talk to you about the Colorado Avalanche. Kale McCarr will not play tonight against Chicago. Nor will Andrew Cogliano, but McCarr, a little more important. There's a chance they're just going to keep him out for several games so he can recover. And it's not a bad idea. You know, making the long play, right? Totally understands. Detroit has signed Michael Hutchinson. Every goalie who's ever played hockey and can stand upright is getting signed by NHL teams right now. Timo Meyer is a disappointment in New Jersey. We'll see him. We'll see him. Fans will see him on this road trip. It's been tough. Lindy Ruff, uh, uh, under fire, I'm not sure, but they're not doing well. You know what that means. Justin Sordiff was drafted like two weeks ago. Not really, but he was recalled and then sent back by Florida. Clem Costin again on injured reserve. Man, he played well for the Edmonton Oilers, though. Can never take that away from him. He played really well for the Edmonton Oilers. 
In hour number two of the show, we're going to talk to Daniel Nugent Bowman, who has been hitting it out of the park for The Athletic the last, well, forever, but the last little while. Written some great articles. Talked about Evan Bouchard today in today's article. Very worthwhile reading. Wrote about Paul Coffey and his impact recently. And then about the Otis needing a forward. Maybe more than one forward. And we'll talk to him about all of that. If you had to make a guess, Declan, or give your opinion, whichever you prefer, is goaltender, right defenseman, or middle six forward more important for the Oilers? Goaltender is my first thought. And I think, you know, you touched on it. Campbell's buried. I don't think Picard is the guy. I think Stuart Skinner is a very good goalie, but I don't know if he's an elite goalie. And I think help at that goaltender position is the number one priority for me. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get an elite goalie. I agree. But if you could get another goalie like Skinner that you could count on, because if Skinner struggles, bring like, in the other guy and vice versa. If you could have a Stuart Skinner adjacent goalie, and obviously I'll scale this to an 82-game season, but hypothetically they can run it 41-41 or you know, 44-38, I think that's an ideal scenario because I don't think a 60-plus game workload, if it gets to that point, is going to be feasible for Stuart Skinner. See, when you said when you said 41-41, I was anxious. And when you said 40-40-38, I calmed down. I think it's a numbers thing. I like even numbers. Okay, good. If you could just keep it to the even numbers. Absolutely, yeah, no. For, I, I just 100%. wouldn't appreciate it. You know, I don't want to get mad at you, but you're stressing me with your, your verbal there. I can leave the numbers out, and I'll just go by percentages. That could work. Which is also numbers, but, you know, six of one, half a dozen. Low Tide, hear me out. We trade Jack Campbell in a first-round pick to Montreal for Jake Evans. And in the summer, they trade back to Edmonton. Then we buy him out. You can't do that. Is Mike Smith healthy? I thought of that. I thought of just calling him up. Because as much as people bitched and moaned about Mike Smith, if you look at his save percentages, he was fire compared to what... Mr. Campbell's been putting down. Do teams that pay massive amounts before they win anything ever win? Washington did. Low tide, if Skinner gets injured, then what do the Oilers do? Well, right now they play Pickard. But they're in a, you know, they're not in a good spot. There's no doubt. And it's because of the bet. The everything's a bet in the in the National Hockey League. When you're when you're making a trade, it's a bet. And and so, or you're signing a guy, it's a bet. Or you're sending a guy away, it's a bet. They're all bets. Draft picks, bets. Hiring Declan, bet. Listening to this show, bet. It's all a bet. Buddy, did you hit the lotto, though? My goodness. You put it all on double zero, and that roulette ball fell right where it needed to. We, we I will tell you, I, I don't know how many, whenever I list off my producers, I forget Brendan Clack, so I'm going to start with him. Brennan Clack, Connor Halley, Fred Papernick, Lieutenant Eric, Allison Curry, Hernan Salas. Did I say Connor Halley? You did. Uh, Jeff Walker. Jeff Walker, steady talker. Matt, Matty Awanek. Matty Awanek, although he never really was my producer. He always avoided that. He always would put some other guy. I was always the... They would train them, and then I would get them. Well, you, him, and JMO. Mm-mm. We didn't have anybody knew. It was always when, yeah. the, when it was 
the three of us, it was just always Awanek was the producer. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But when I was solo, Awanek would, he, he poo-pooed it. He eschewed the idea. He didn't love you like that. He doesn't love me at all. Yeah. He Can't win them all. Well, you know. We love him, though. I like him, but I just wish he loved me a little more. <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing to be my age and have that kind of need. Mark Michaud. Michaud was never really my producer, but I love Mark Michaud. He's one of my favorite people. I saw him at the Bottle Depot maybe a couple of years ago, and I talked to him for an hour. He certainly had more to do than I did. But I really like him. He's one of the genuinely fine people I've ever met. I would have loved to have him as a producer. Would you give Rodrigue a look? Yes, I would, but it would only be like a game or two. I wouldn't put a lot of pressure on him. I'd take Miko Koskinen over Jack Campbell at this point. Koskinen's never coming back to Edmonton. No, that will never happen. People are most unkind to goaltenders when they struggle in this town. 50% is an even number. Well, yeah, but he said 41-41. The confidence in old Declan is growing by the day. Sassy. You see, the way this show should work, and I, like, I've done to, I learned this from Cynthia Charles, probably the finest broadcaster I ever worked with. And what you have to do in radio is have two people because it works better. And then the second thing is, whoever the older person or the host in this case is, they have to be the loser on things. And I don't mean like a loser person. I mean, the other person can say whatever they want. Declan can say, go home, old man, and nobody will be upset about it. But I, like, I pick at him so he'll start picking on me. Oh, you know who I forgot was Tyler Uremchuk. I was going to say we had a text oh, come in about it. He I'm was so the golden sorry. boy. I the forgot golden Tyler Uremchuk. Yeah, I really like him. Uremchuk was the one guy, and maybe you too, but mostly Uremchuk, I remember. The first day I was like, God, I got to work harder. This kid is going to beat me senseless because he was, he was so aggressive. But it made the show work quickly because he understood that just intuitively – that he could hammer me and people would like it. It's true. If you're a host, a longtime host of any radio show, and you get something wrong, or you allow somebody to do something and it comes back on you and you look foolish, people love that. It's like wives when their husbands fall down the stairs. They go, oh, are, you, are you okay? But they're laughing. It's it's a human condition. It's a, it's, it's, it's we're... When somebody is in a position of authority in any way and they fumble or dumble or bumble, it's, it's funny. We like it. It's funny. It's, it, it appeals to us. That's the truth. Like right now, there's a great example at our radio station, and it's Jason Greger. Jason Greger could easily have sloughed off that bet. People might have called him on it a little bit, like when he became a um, Kansas City Chiefs fan, but he explained that away. He said, Look, my son is interested in the Chiefs, so I'll cheer with him. I understand that completely. But the hair thing, he didn't have to follow through on it. He didn't have to have that parking lot haircut that he has. He didn't have to do it. He did not have to do it, but he did it. And then he comes on the air and he grumbles about it. He's not happy about it. I told him it looked good and he said a word to me. Like it, it, is, it is a human thing. And the more human you can be in any walk of life, but specifically on the radio, makes you a better person. And people like you more because they can relate to you. Because we're all kind of, we all get up in the morning and we all put on two socks. One of them doesn't match the other. 
and we all back out of our driveway and almost hit a kid on a bicycle. We don't want to, but that's what we do. And then we drive and we hit the garbage can, and then the neighbor yells at us, and the cat jumps out of the way, and we're Mr. Magoo until we get to the stop sign. And then we go order the wrong thing and yell at the person uh, who we ordered it from, and then we come to work and we see Declan and we say, what's wrong with you? And he hasn't said a word. That's life. Everybody's going through the same experience. Bruce Hogel? No. Bruce Hogel hired me twice, though. Your candy sent that in. He will not admit that he hired me twice. And Steve Hogel probably wouldn't admit that his dad did that either. But they hired me twice. Is Edmonton the goalie graveyard? No. I love your fatherly advice, Tide, even if you sound more like a geriatric. I have a geriatric story that I would tell one day. It's about a remote I did for a, a lemon brace place. And the guy showing me the all of the products they had, he kept using the word geriatric, which I think is a technical medical term. But you don't say it on the radio, but I was like 19. So I go, hey, all you geriatrics, come over to Lim and Brace Place. And he comes, he comes running over like as fast as a human can run when they're in their 50s and have had a lot of coffee and maybe a burger or two. And to say, no, you'll learn. Low Tidy definitely met her when he was an Ottawa senator. That from J-Mac. That's not twangy, Declan. That was a low-tide request. I'll let it slide then. I like it from Oil City Dynasty. Well, I you ask me all the time, what do you want to hear? And every time I say Amy Lou Harris, and we have two Amy Lou Harris songs. We need to get more Amy Lou Harris songs in here. I We could play You're Running Wild. We could play Boulder to Birmingham. We could play Ain't Living Long Like This. We could play Poncho and Lefty. But we don't have Amy Lou. Why don't we have Amy Lou? I blame you. I need it on radio from Mick. Because we said Mick could listen on. Declan, since Die Hard is a Christmas movie, does that make Rock the Bells by LL Cool J a Christmas carol? I think the answer is no, but I'll let you tell you. Low Tide, how long have you and Declan been an old married couple? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Morozik, maybe. Sounds like Low Tide needs his glasses checked regarding the driving issues. I have glasses. I can see. I, I actually have one of those cameras that when you back up, it looks at. It tells you. You can see. But, you know, people, old people blame young people for doing things in a rush. Old people are just as rushy. They just are aggressive about it. When they when I hit a garbage can, I get out and say, you moved that garbage can right in my way, didn't you? Have you ever noticed that about old people? They get ahead of the argument. And that makes them not correct, but they can be on their heels. I'm sorry, they can be on their toes as opposed to their heels. It's like playing defense in the NHL. Old people have learned how to play defense in the NHL. Daniel Nugent Bowman on the way next hour. We'll read your text. We'll talk a little bit about the line changes for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk a little bit about what they might do for the next few months in terms of procuring talent 
That's all on the way. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update game day in the NHL with 11 games on the slate, including the Edmonton Oilers in action against the Islanders. Puck drop at 530 and the starters tonight appear to be Skinner and Sorokin. Forward Austin Matthews and defenseman TJ Brody are expected to be back in the lineup when the Maple Leafs take on the New York Rangers tonight. And the NHL's annual holiday roster freeze is set to take effect tonight at 1159 local time in each market. The freeze will run through 12.01 a.m. on December 28th, and the freeze will halt all trades, loans, and waiver activity. Players placed on waivers today and subsequently claimed tomorrow will immediately report to their new team. Four games in the NBA tonight. We'll see the Grizzlies in New Orleans, the Spurs in Milwaukee, the Celtics in Golden State, and the Suns in Portland. Just one game in college football tonight as the University of Texas San Antonio takes on Marshall at 7 p.m. in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl and two games in the AJHL, including the Spruce Grove Saints who will be at home against Black Falls. You can get your tickets at the door online at sprucegrovesaints.ca or watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.